0: Welcome to the KHOW podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Good evening, you guys. Um, It's an honor uh, to be before you again and to bring word. I'm very humbled to be able to bring word to um, all the powerhouses on the screen. Um um, but I am yielding right now to the Holy Spirit and um obedient to bring what he has given me. Um so staying in the thing on the topic of position. Um this is going to be in two parts. Tonight is part one next week is part two. Um, So the Lord has been speaking to me position wise about how the way we're positioned in Christ, how we're positioned in him determines our position in the earth. Our literal position, the place that he wants to put us, the promise he wants to give us is connected to a place, a space, that we are supposed to have dominion over and rule and reign. It's a territory that God is promising us. Our promise is connected to a territory, and it is determined by how we are positioned in him. Um, I believe that there are, I, I say this a lot, but I really believe it strongly. There are places, there are spaces, there are industries, there are regions, there are cities, there are Um, marketplaces, even places and positions and family that God wants to position us in um, because it's time for us, the body, the church, uh, the kingdom to be the influencers. It is time for us to be the head. It is time for us to be above. It is time for us to be the lenders. And um, Isaiah 60 says, arise, shine, for your light has come. Deep darkness has covered the earth but the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. And then it goes on to speak about all of these peoples from all these other different lands that he's gonna bring to the brightness of our rising. Um, And it's it's for those who are positioned in him. It is our position in him that allows us to even carry the light and be so bright. His glory resting upon us um, is because of our position in him. And I want to first give just a couple of, of examples in the word of how of how our position in him can affect or us being out of position can affect our literal or physical position. And the first example is Adam and Eve in the garden of Genesis 1. Um, they, were, they were created and literally it says in Genesis 1.8, I have it here that the Lord planted a garden eastward of Eden and there, He put the man whom he had formed. So God already created the space, the territory. And then he put Adam in position of the garden. And in the garden, there there were things that, that Adam and Eve had access to. Number one was his presence. So wherever God is going to be sending us into his presence is going to go with us. Remember when Moses said, God, if your presence is not going with us, we're not going to go without you we need your presence so in the place of position there's God's presence in the place of position there's also provision they had provision in the garden in the place of position there's also purpose our assignment Um, there's instruction God gives instruction for the vision for the for the position Um, an assignment or purpose is attached Adam and Eve's assignment was to be fruitful multiply have dominion rule subdue reign um but also to keep and to tend to the garden so when i when i look at the words keep tend the garden keep the garden that was that was the assignment of adam but when he and eve lost their position in the lord they literally lost their physical position in the garden they were removed from the garden um Another like In order to keep something, when I think about the word keep, you we got to be a good steward um, in order to keep something for long. So if you're not a good steward over your money, you're not going to be able to keep it. If you're not a good steward over relationships, it's going to be a really hard to keep it. And that just goes for anything that God wants to place in our hands. We need to be good stewards. So he's telling Adam, I need you to tend and keep it, but he gave instruction to not eat from the tree of the knowledge. He didn't keep the instruction. It, it it disqualified him from being a good steward and to be able to keep what God had given. Um, another example um, of, of, of being in position, being disobedient, being taken out of position is Moses. He um, needed to be able to steward, keep, but steward also the the power and anointing that god had given him he needed to be able to steward over the children of israel that god had allowed him to lead um, but what happened was at some point the children of israel got got moses so frustrated um and it 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 caused moses to be disobedient to the then inst- instruction that god gave him and he did not ever see the promise He was that quick taken. He never even saw the position. He never got to that position because of his disobedience. Um, So stewardship, that involves our character, um, being faithful, being trustworthy, our obedience. And God needs us to be good stewards so that we can keep what he places in our hands and so that we can keep our physical position of where he wants to place us. Um, I'm learning how to, um, right now there there are, God is honing in on the word posture for me because there's a position, there's also a posture that we can take. Position and posture are very similar in definition, um, but I wanna give the definition of posture. And that is to be intentional and habitual in the assumed position. And the two postures that God is has been highlighting for me in my own life is the posture of den- denying my flesh and the posture of being spiritually minded and or walking in the spirit and or having the mind of Christ. Um, so when I think about posture, intentional, habitual, I have to be intentional about denying my flesh and it has to be something I'm doing habitually. I can't do it just a couple times this week. It has to be something I am intentionally doing and habitually doing. My posture, even in, 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 in having the mind of Christ, how am I, am I, am I thinking like Christ in the situation? That's something I literally have to intend because our, our nature is sin, right? We got born again but it's still something we have to um, put into practice, intentionally practice walking in the spirit, intentionally and habitually walking in the spirit. Um, Another definition that I thought was fitting was a particular way of dealing with or considering something, an approach or an attitude. Um, So a posture is our approach to something or an attitude towards something. And I remember Pastor Ryan, he talked about the Beatitudes. You mentioned that, Daphne, but I, yeah, I mean, that came to me as well. Um, the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. And he said that how, how the Beatitudes are a formula to how we approach God. I believe that there is a formula also to how we approach each other. There's a formula to how we approach non-believers. There's a formula to how we approach Um, situations, circumstances, problems, and there's a formula to how we approach the promise. Um, In the Old Testament, God promised Israel land, which is why I said our promise is attached to a territory. God gave the children of Israel Um, a way to approach the promise. He gave them instructions for once they got in. He gave them instructions for even when they were in the wilderness, there was a position in him that God instructed them to remain in in order to keep or even to keep it. Because at some point they got in it, but there was some that never even got in. So they couldn't keep the instruction in the wilderness. And then those that got in couldn't keep the instructions. They couldn't steward what God had given them once they got in and they were taken out they had a hard time of remaining in the posture of denying their flesh they turned to other gods they conformed to the world and they couldn't get their minds renewed so I know I know God has been like hitting me hard on the in the area of denying my flesh and not so much in the outward like okay yeah we know we drink smoke sex But I mean, the little, the little things, because it says that it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. So it's the little tiny things in my flesh that God has been like, you're going to have to really, um, you're going to have to make this an intentional part of your life that you are habitually doing. Um, and again, the, once they got in the promise, the Israelites, they were taken out. So our posture before the Lord matters our posture in him, it matters. We have to remain in posture, in the posture of denying our flesh and in a posture of being spiritually minded or walking in the spirit because we see what happens when we have the wrong posture. We can get it, but then we gotta be able to keep it and steward it. And our character, the way we steward and keep once we have what what was given to us um, can either Keep us in position or take us out. Um, Another word or synonym for posture was your view or your viewpoint or your point of view. So like when we are confronted with a problem or if we're confronted with, let's say somebody coming up to me and they got an attitude, what's my viewpoint? What what am I thinking? How is my my thought? What's happening in my mind? right now is this person is coming at me crazy or this person just cut me off or um or even just just anything that someone has done or whatever the situation is how am i seeing um the thing that is before me what comes to my mind so and i'm asking that question because again posture is what what posture am i going to take with the problem that has just been presented to me because we have a choice when it comes to mindsets. We can choose in a moment to act out of our flesh, or we can choose in a moment to be spiritually minded. So a couple things I'm gonna um, highlight. Again, we can choose to have the mind of Christ, or we can choose to have the mind of the world. It's either Christ, or the other and really the y'all know the song who runs the world girls It's not girls (laughs) it is satan so we're either going to have the mind of christ or we're going to have the mind of satan because jesus said the ruler of this world and that's satan um there is no middle ground um i've had to really be like dang like there's no middle ground i'm either going to be led by the spirit of the world or led by the spirit of god it's either light or darkness it's either death or life it's either evil wickedness or righteousness there is no in between um and that's that's kind of tough maybe to hear it's it's even tough to deal with like dang like (laughs) many times i've acted out of my own flesh and i've had to like really reconcile like am i allowing the enemy to use me am i releasing heaven into this situation or am I just releasing my own thought my own opinion and am I um allowing God's will to take place in this or am I being a part of of the anti-will of God um so yes now I do want to go to some scripture go to Romans 8 Romans 8 talks about walking in the spirit or um, being spiritually minded versus being carnally minded. Because think about it, the word doesn't really give a middle ground either. It's either this or it's that. So we're gonna start in verse five. I'm reading from New King James. And Romans 8, verse 5 says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There is no middle ground between life or death. It doesn't say to be carnally minded, you're going to be stuck in the middle. It just says that to be carnally minded, it is death. Spiritually minded, life and peace. Those of us who have a carnal mind, verse seven, because a carnal mind is enmity against God. And that means it's hostile against God. It's hostile, it opposes God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Um, I'm gonna continue to read. But you, we are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit, spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to God, he's not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. So the body is dead, sin, our bodies are dead. (laughs) The body is dead, but we have been made alive by Christ, by the spirit of God. It says, but the spirit of life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And this is where I want to end at verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. And what I hear when I hear that is, I don't owe my flesh nothing. I don't owe it to my flesh to please my flesh. I don't owe it to myself. I just got to tell her, What are some other things I I, I, I would say to myself that would be in my flesh? I can't let that go. I'm not going to forgive them. What else, Holy Spirit? Is there anything else you want to say, Holy Spirit? (laughs) Anything else you want to point out? I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to let them know who I am. That's what I hear. When I say I, I'm a debtor to my like I'm owe, it, I owe it to myself to let them know who I am so that they don't ever think they want to approach. Like, but is that walking in the spirit? Or is it walking, is it being carnally minded? Carnal, carnal, carnal is fleshly things, things of this world, things that um, things that really uh, I guess fulfill the desires of our flesh. Um, thinking like a mere man is carnal thinking against how God thinks it says it matter of fact it just says it carnally minded is death a carnal mind is enmity, enmity enmity against God however God would think a carnal mind is the opposite of how God would think um so now I want to go to another scripture I want to go to Galatians 5 starting at verse 16 Maybe right after. All right. Verse 16 says, I say then walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that they so that you do not do the things that you wish. They're contrary. You're either going to deny your flesh or you're going to live in your flesh. You're going to live in your flesh or you're going to walk in the spirit, but we can't do both at the same time. That's why taking the posture of denying my flesh actually allows me and positions me to now walk in the spirit. But if you're not doing this part, it's going to be very hard to, to be spiritually minded and think like God when you have already acted and walked in the flesh. I'm going to continue cuz it's going to now talk about some things that are the works of the flesh starting in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Lewdness is indecent behavior. idolatry. Um idolatry. Basically putting any putting anything in God's place. Um Esteeming something more than you would God. It, it's taking the place of God in your life. Um, sorcery, witchcraft, and another thing things other things that are connected to witchcraft, manipulation and control. Are there people you're trying to manipulate because you want to control the outcome of something to happen in your favor? Are there things and situations you want to control? That's walking in our flesh. Um, hatred, contentions, contentions is controversies, disputes, rivalries. You're always in the middle of controversy. You're always trying to dispute something that's walking in our flesh. You're always about to rival. You always trying to rival somebody and come up. That's walking in the flesh outbursts. I'm sorry. I want to skip jealousies outbursts of wrath, selfish, Ambitions, thinking about self, looking out for self, making decisions that are going to benefit self, dissensions, which is sowing discord, heresies, other doctrines. I'm a Christian, but I got crystals. I'm a Christian, but I do see a psychic. I'm a Christian, but I really do believe in this book. Um, because he's a great philosopher and he don't know nothing about God but our other doctrines again that go against the bible um, envy murders drunkenness revelries revelries is having great pleasures celebrations party this, this is your life this is what you do with your life and the like he says, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, you have to be in, you have to be positioned rightfully in a family to receive an inheritance. So um, one more scripture, well, not one more, but let's go to Romans 12. One and two. Um. All right. So verse one, I therefore beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What does it mean to present my body a living sacrifice? Living is something that is breathing. My body is my flesh and I'm going to sacrifice it. I'm going to slaughter it. That's what a sacrifice is. Jesus was technically the living sacrifice for us. Before then, there were different animals that got sacrificed. But God is wanting us to accept to sacrifice our bodies. Um, and I would even go further to say, not just our bodies, but our desires, our way, our will, everything that will go against what God wants to do in our lives. Presenting that to him, living sacrifice, it, put it on the altar. That's our reasonable act of our worship. And when I looked up reasonable act of worship or, or reasonable act of service, that's our base requirement of serving God. Is to present my body a living sacrifice. It's a base requirement. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So in these three, two verses, I see a pattern. At first, I got to present my body a living sacrifice. I have to deny my flesh so that then I can not conform to the ways of the world because walking in my flesh will cause me to conform to how the world does things and then want to allow my mind to be renewed. And why do we want? We need our minds renewed because we have a lot of ungodly people that are making decisions based off of their own wisdom in almost every industry, and it's destroying us as a people. Just as a just as a people. And I believe that God needs to put people in education systems that have us who are being, who are spiritually minded. I believe God wants to put people all, like so many different places and spaces and businesses who are spiritually minded because when we are spiritually minded, it is life. It'll release life. It'll release peace. It'll it'll be the solution. We are the solution carriers. And again, like I use the example of, of somebody coming up to us talking crazy. If we stop for a second, intentionally deny our flesh in that moment, we can then have a different approach, posture ourselves different, then God can give us his view and then allow us to see maybe they are going through something and it has nothing to do with us. And instead of acting in our flesh, we can now say, hey, what's going on with you today? God loves you. I want to pray for you. Is that okay? Um, Ephesians, I do have another scripture though. (laughs) Ephesians 4, 22, 23. And And please hear me, I'm not making light of walking in the spirit or denying the flesh. That thing is hard it's hard. And it's like, the more that I get intentional about doing it, the more things come up to make me want to look out from, like, literally for me, I've been in positions where I'm like, I have to decide whether I'm going to be quiet. That's denying my flesh, be quiet before I, before I go down a spiral in a rabbit hole. Then I'm gonna be like, Lord, please, I'm sorry, forgive me. Like, just had I just walked in this like deny my flesh from the start, I could then have a different viewpoint and respond differently or not respond at all because God can speak in our silence. Um, so last scripture, Ephesians 4, 22 through 23. And it says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the, in the spirit of our minds. I'm wrapping up because it's late, but denying our flesh enables us to be renewed in our minds. It enables us to also be good stewards over what God wants to give us. Denying our flesh, um, uh, it, it develops character so that we don't forfeit what God wants to give us, so that we're not allowing people, because there's always going to be people that are going to try to frustrate us. There's always going to be something. We're going to be like, mm, why they not doing this? And why this? And why? It's always going to be something. But when we get intentional and habitual about denying our flesh, we can then have a different viewpoint and we can respond different and we can maintain, we can keep position, but also the thing that God has positioned us in. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Having the mind of Christ gives me the ability to respond like Christ. If I can see a thing the way Christ sees it, I can then think the way he thinks about it. And then I can respond to it accordingly. Jesus says, deny your flesh, pick up your cross daily. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Deny your flesh, pick up your cross daily. Follow me. So am I intentionally denying my flesh? Is it something that I do once in a while or is it something that I'm doing habitually so that I can remain in position? What is my viewpoint? What are my thoughts? How am I approaching situations? How am I approaching unbelievers? How am I approaching the people that get on my nerves? How am I approaching them? What is my posture? Are my surroundings frustrating me? Is my spouse frustrating me? And I wrote this down before I even heard you, Danny. Is my family frustrating me? My children, my coworkers? Is my financial situation frustrating me? So, is it causing me to think like a mere man? I have to say this. When Jesus was talking to Peter about going to the cross, and Peter was like, "No, Lord, no such thing." Jesus said, "Satan get thee behind me for you speak the things like a mere man. You're speaking think- because Peter was thinking about himself, ruling and reigning with Christ. But God had an assignment for Jesus. He gave Jesus instructions." And we don't want to be thinking like mere men. When God has an assignment for us, he's giving us instructions that he wants us to carry out and be faithful in that which he is saying. It says to be carnally minded is death and it's against God. Every time I act in my flesh, I'm acting out against God. But aren't y'all glad we have a savior who left us his spirit? Where we have to choose to walk in it. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Thank you for joining us for another episode of the KHOW podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.